0: Hi there, I just wanted to hop in real quick to tell you about a great way to listen to both Bible in a Year and Catechism in a Year. It's called the Ascension app. Not only does the app contain the entirety of both podcasts, it also includes transcripts of each episode, the full text of the Great Adventure Bible and the Ascension Catechism, over 1,000 answers to tough Bible questions we couldn't get to in the podcast, bonus content from the Bible in a Year companion, and so much more. This app really enhances the experience of the podcasts and helps you get more out of the Bible and catechism. I highly encourage you to check it out in the app store. Just search Ascension app or text the letters APP to the number 71391 to get a download link sent directly to your phone. Thank you so much again for being part of this community and God bless. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's plan of sheer goodness for us, revealed in scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith. The Catechism in a Year is brought to you by Ascension. In 365 days, we'll read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, discovering our identity in God's family as we journey together toward our heavenly home. This is day three. Congratulations, you made it to day three. And today, we are introducing the very first pillar of the Catechism. And to that, I want to welcome back, for those who are Bible in a year listeners, Jeff Cavins. Good to be with you. I'm so glad that it's you're exciting. here. Exciting. To, to introduce, and we had to, for our first two days already. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you're here to introduce the uh the first pillar. How's have, your voice doing? Oh, you know, it's I got a, I got a cup of coffee here. I'm ready to, <laughs> to keep keep on trekking away. Um so with this introduction, we have the catechism has four pillars, right? And so um for each one of those pillars, we're we're gonna explain those in a second, but um you're We're gonna have people introduce those. Mm -hmm. And so you're the one to introduce the very first pillar on the creed, what we believe. Um, As we begin, is it okay if I just open us up with a prayer? Absolutely. Awesome. Father in heaven, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for bringing us to day three. Thank you for bringing us to this place where we can learn more about you, where we can know your identity and know our deepest identity as your beloved creation, as those who have been adopted by you in baptism, and made into your sons and your daughters. Help us to know you as our Father. Help, you, help us to know you, God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and be drawn into your love. This day, we ask you to please bless this conversation. Uh, bless Jeff. Bless me, and please bless everyone who's listening to us, listening to us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said, it's day three, and I'm I'm using. Um, for when it comes to the catechism. I'm using the Ascension edition of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which includes the Foundations of Faith approach, which you're going to talk about in a second. Those who are listening, if you like, you can download your own catechism and your reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com C-I-Y, the C is for catechism, in here. Also, if you want to, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, whatever that is, whatever, however you're listening to this podcast. It's only day three, and so why not? Why not subscribe today? Why not follow today? I think it's worth it. Okay, so Jeff, pillar one. Sure. <laughs> what, what have we gotten into here on day three as we're starting this catechism? Sure. Agenda?
1: Well, first thing we need to do really is to kind of uh, go zoom back and look at the big picture, you yeah. know? and uh, the beautiful thing about the catechism is that it presents our faith in four pillars. And you might remember that great quote of Frank Sheeds. He talked about one of the problems with Catholicism is that kids go through from kindergarten all the way to high school, and they graduate, and they've got what? They've got a Pile. Big pile. A big pile of Catholicism. And they're not quite sure what to do with it. I remember when
0: you said this, you're like someone asked you like, Hey, do you Catholics believe in in such and such? And you're like, Well, looking at the pile, like I I think it's in there. I I don't know. Gotta
1: be in there. I heard of that. I got an A in that class. (laughs) 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 You're right. It's got this pile of Catholicism. And what the catechism does is brilliantly, brilliantly separate all of this out so that we can understand our faith and even the separation into four pillars is a Teaching—it's a teaching tool in itself, and so uh, in this new uh, Catechism, the Ascension's Catechism, they, they brilliantly laid it laid it out, and they color coded it into four areas, and that is uh, blue is what we believe—that's the first one, the Creed. That's what we're going to talk about. The second is how we worship, and the third is how we live, and then how we pray. That's prayer, and so uh, it's laid out in a in in a beautiful. Uh, way. And you could say it this way in some ways. You could say, well, what we believe is the the creed and the creed yeah. is from Genesis all the way to to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the church. And so the creed is the, the the plan of God, the plan of sheer goodness, the first paragraph of the Catechism says, in miniature. And so the creed is this whole great big plan of sheer goodness, in miniature, yeah. you know, yeah. and and so that that's what we believe. And then you're going to be looking at how we worship, and that's uh, that's how you get into God's amazing plan. And then what do we live in the plan? How do we live? We live the life of Christ. The third pillar, and the fourth is prayer. So, in the in the words of Frank Sheed, who was from uh, Great Britain, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, so yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at the creed here, what we believe. And uh, this is really, really exciting because it begins with uh, this plan of sheer goodness, that God is going to come looking for us, and he is going to uh, bring us into his blessed life. And that's the very first paragraph. Is it, it, the very first paragraph just says it all, and that is that we are destined for a plan, and that's God's plan, and he wants us in it. That's so interesting. I mean, just, or brilliant. Um,
0: <laughs> as you're noting, um, here is what we believe about God, but it's not just, um, here's a list of things we believe about God or that we believe about revelation or we believe about faith, but it's that God wants to bring us into that relationship. He wants to bring us into a covenant community mm-hmm. with with him. And that's just, I mean, and, and almost every section of the catechism, when it does introduce a new Article of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing we believe. It always goes back to that. And God shares this with us so that He can share Himself with us, that He doesn't just um, reveal it so we know, we can check that box. This is what I know. But it's because He wants to share His own divine life and He wants us to participate in that life, which mm-hmm. is, again, it makes it, it makes it what might be, a, you've said it before, like an encyclopedia into. Something very very different than an encyclopedia. Yeah, it's not an encyclopedia.
1: Even though you could use it for that, you could sit yeah, it could there and a say, book. "I want to know more about confession." Okay, I'm going to look it up in the, you know, in the in the catechism. But the way that it's put together is that it's a teaching tool in itself. And Pope Benedict really brought this. He brought this out. It, it's more than knowledge. It's a relationship. The catechism is more than knowledge. It's a, it's a relationship, and God is calling us to intimacy. And so the very first pillar, the creed, talks about this quest for God, our, our search for God who's wooing us and calling us. And it really begins and talks about man's capacity for God and how we can come to know something of God. And so it kind of brings everybody in on an equal playing field, and, and it gives us three ways that we can know something of God. You know, We can know something of God through creation. Uh certainly, you can look at creation, the laws of the universe, even gravity uh you can look at the stars, and you can know that there is a creator, and then the second one is the human the human being, right our own longing for God, what we call God, and then the third way that we can come to know something of God is reason mm-hmm. but then we hit a wall right it's it's, it's like this we can know some things mm-hmm. but at some point God has to God us to act. Exactly. Right? And that's the that's the that's the fourth thing. That's the thing that that the catechism is really all about is the catechism is saying to every reader, look, we know you can you can know something of God through creation and we know through the human person, yes, you're smart, you can reason, <laughs> but you hit the end of the road. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of remember the movie Truman?
0: Absolutely. The Truman, Truman story? Show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, uh Jim Carrey. Yes. And he doesn't know it, but the Hollywood set is his whole life. Right. Everyone else world, is watching yeah. him. Everybody else has popcorn and drinks and they're watching him every week and they're sponsors for the show and everything else. And he begins to search. He begins to ask questions. There's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. And he looks at the ocean, which is only about a hundred yards long. Right. Right. He doesn't know it. And the director's like, Oh, we got a problem. We got a problem here. And he gets into the boat, and they're like, oh, no, send a storm, send a storm, and they can't stop him. And finally, he runs into the end of his world. Yeah. And what do the directors say? He comes no. over the
0: loudspeaker. Yeah. And, he says, and he, says, he says, Truman, and Truman says, who are you? And the director says, I'm the creator. Yeah. 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 Just, That's it, divine it, revelation. It is. Because at some point, you know, God speaks through his creation, but at some point, he speaks to man, well, how does it say in the catechism? It says uh, that God's divine condescension. He speaks yeah. to us as
1: a father to his children. Exactly. Yeah, he exists. comes down to our level and yeah. he adjusts his language to uh, our weakness. Yeah, and he speaks to us, and that's the beautiful thing about about the creed here. We in the in the uh, ascension Catechism, they divide it up into divine re- revelation and. Uh, the creed, and then under divine revelation, it's the search. Right, and that's the that's the Truman thing. You know, that's yeah. we're, we're we're searching for God. But then in divine revelation, what what God does is he he pulls back the curtain and he begins to reveal himself. And so, the catechism talks about how he begins to reveal himself in Scripture, in words and deeds and as he as he reveals himself we come to know more of the father and what's he like what can we depend on and uh it becomes it becomes very very exciting yeah. you know to to know that he's actually revealing himself to me he's not hiding he's saying here i am right he's it's the opposite of hiding yeah he's revealing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so, i know you know
0: so interest, interesting as you're mentioning this um i think some of the the uh here's the man's capacity for God, as you said. Here's the, our hunger, our search, our longing for God. And here he is responding to us. Um, in those first paragraphs, uh, we had the beginning yesterday, we had the prologue, that whole mm-hmm. the words before, and then tomorrow we're going to start with the next piece. Again, this beginning of the search. Um, in your experience of getting into the catechism, um, just even that, those beginning paragraphs, Are there any challenges or difficulties that you've found in those? Because I I know that it pretty soon starts ramping up and starts getting into, as you mentioned, here's God revealing himself, revealing Mm -hmm. his heart. And sometimes as he does that, our hearts get on fire, you know. But sometimes before that, there can be, I don't know, maybe, how would I say this? There can be a little bit of wind up um, where it's not sweeping me off my feet immediately and mm-hmm. i want to just ask if you have any because you've been teaching the catechism mm-hmm. in the catechetical institute for 15 years yeah it's long so, time. and so leading people through the catechism just before we go into like the rest of the the
1: map here of the trade sure. what are some like obstacles right away yeah. people might find right at the beginning? that's a good question that's a really good question because as you begin that reading of the first paragraph that god has a plan of sheer goodness uh, you're going to start reading, and people are going to be reading with you and yeah. listening to you, and they're going to come across uh, words that they've never heard yeah. before and uh and they're going to be like oh whoa, this is this is too much for not me not this me. is yeah. yeah this is a uh, bible yeah jesus with the lamb around <laughs> i get that but you know this word divinization what's that about right and so i think people need to relax and and go along for the ride and yeah, take as sense. much as you can in i mean you got to think about this we're not talking about how to put some kind of little Plastic car together or something, we're talking about the God of the universe disclosing himself, but in a way that that we can understand. and you you have to be, I think, a little bit a little patient with it and realize you're not going to get everything, you know, the first time, but you listen with the heart of a son, yeah. the heart of a daughter who wants to know more about dad, wants to know more about their father. And so that eager heart is important. You know, you're not just kind of casually reading about this, but you are giving yourself to it with the hopes that you can learn more about them and discover more about yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. Eagerness. And you also kind of mentioned some patience, Yeah, right? That sense of being able
0: to say, okay, if I don't get it, I, that's one of the reasons I love podcasts and audiobooks mm-hmm. is because if I'm reading something with my own eyeballs and I might get hung up on a sentence that I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't, know that, I don't know what that just said. I stop. But if it's being read to me, it's we keep moving. And then what usually happens is as I keep hearing, I get more, more context clues and like, oh, okay, now I, now I more or less get the gist. And so that's why I think that um, eagerness, God, is he wants to reveal himself to me. Patience. And I would say maybe even patience, not only with myself and my own limitations, but also maybe some patience with the fact that today's reading or whatever the day it is might not answer all the questions that I have. But we're gonna to get to those. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about that too that's just like, okay, we're on like you said, we're on this journey. Just yeah. continue to let yourself be led. Yeah, so. and
1: constantly hear the words in the back of your of your mind. God saying, I want to know you. Yeah. And I want yeah. you to
0: know me. I want you to know. And this me. is part this is part of that. Mm-hmm. Even I again go back to that. You know, sometimes in our prayer, my prayer, maybe not yours, um, I want to and maybe this was even the Bible. I go to I approach God wanting a certain thing. Mm -hmm. So whether that's reading the Bible, I want to be inspired or I'm in prayer and I I want to be consoled. And that might not be what God wants for me at that moment. Maybe he just wants, but he's, he might say, but I have this word for you. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is also trusting each day, even if I wasn't blown away by this article of faith or by this, this teaching we just got today, but that's what he had for me today. Yeah. And so I think that, I think it goes hand in hand right here with the search revelation of God revealing himself
1: to us that, um,
0: trusting
1: and, that we're going to get it. And you're going to be stretched in this study. Yeah. You're going to be stretched because you come into the study, you come into the catechism in the Bible and many people went through the Bible in a year. And you come into it with this sort of a, okay, meh, I think I kind of figured I know what's going on here, you know, and a God, you know, Father, <laughs> son, holy spirit. All right, I'm comfortable okay, with this. It. And then prepare for your world to expand. Expand. Is and a your good word. understanding of God will understand you're like oh my gosh yours is so much bigger than I thought yeah you are so much bigger it's so great what a family you're the Mary the Saints the sacraments is wow yeah you know and it reminds me of there was a book written I think it was in the 60s I think it was in the late 60s by JB Phillips and it's called your God is too small oh, too small yeah and <clears throat> that's what I would encourage people in at the beginning of this is uh I think by the time you're done you're going to find out your God was too small, yeah. you know, and it's that more. he's much bigger yeah. and, and be open to that.
0: Yeah. That, that makes so much sense. And that, I think again, addresses some of those initial obstacles that people are going to experience. I think, you know, we get to like the moral life this I think it might be a challenge every day. Um, when it gets to the sacramental life, something illumination every day, the part of this God revealing himself, yeah. uh, is, is, is both, yeah, uh, both, uh, challenging, both revealing, illuminating. Um, so going back to, uh, as you're highlighting the foundations of faith on this, the Catechism in Ear mm-hmm. chart, um, you talked about how God reveals himself in a unique way. And yeah. then the next section is pretty remarkable, too. Oh, actually, no, in that section is tra- transmission of diamond Yeah, diamond yeah, revelation. he
1: reveals himself, and it's very specific in the Catechism that God reveals himself uh, in word, in deed, in sacred scripture, but he also reveals himself in sacred. Tradition, which may be new to some, new people, to some people, yeah, you know, and you have to realize that we, as as Christians, we are not people of the book, although we love the book. Absolutely. We're not people of the book. We're people of the Word, and specifically the Living Word, right. Jesus. And this revelation, what we call the deposit of faith that Jesus gave to the apostles, that is was given in, in, in written Scripture and in the sacred tradition. Sacred Scripture, sacred tradition. And a lot of people say, well, man, I wish I could have been back there. Right. Oh, that'd be so cool to know it, to hear all of this. You know, Like you hear people read uh, Luke 24 with the Emmaus Road, and Jesus gives this talk, and they think, oh, I wish I had a CD that. <laughs> You that. Know? And, and we want to be back there. We want to hear what the disciples and the disciples of the disciples heard and taught. Well, guess what? You get to. You get to, yeah. You get to. And more. Yes, and, and, and more. And so... We, we understand that God is revealing himself in sacred scripture and sacred tradition, but then comes the the part of, well, yeah, that was them, but what about me? How does it get to me? And that's where we have apostolic succession, yeah. which is so important that these early disciples, they, they ordained bishops who were entrusted with the same deposit of faith, not to change it, mm-hmm. Not to add, subtract, but to keep this deposit of faith and to systematically and organically keep passing this on to the next generation. And so we are very confident now that we are hearing the teachings of Jesus that he gave to the disciples, and we are getting the collective input from giants who also got it and said, let me tell you a little bit more about right. this. Right. You know, nuance this. They it. lived yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, an
0: entire lifetimes of people praying with this, thinking, wrestling with it. Yeah. And also being guided by, guided by the Holy Spirit in that. Mm-hmm. In passing it on to us, we just get to receive it. I mean, even yeah. the, the reality here is Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. Like, right. Oh, duh, of course. Like, no, not duh, of course. Yeah. Like, this was something that was wrestled with in the early church that every Christian just takes for granted at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, that was giants.
1: So as you're reading yeah. over the next year, we're going to be sitting at the feet of giants yeah. and listening to all kinds of this teaching. You know what it's similar to? It's like you've been to an orchestra before. Right. Well, you go to the orchestra, hardly anybody knows the names of the people in the orchestra, but they know who the director is. Yeah. And they know who the director is. And the director's name is on the on the front of the program and everything. Well, there's all kinds of people in this orchestra. The director is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and that's why we're confident. Yeah. You know. That's so good. So we got apostolic succession, but then we get into uh we get into uh what is our uh what is our response mm-hmm. to this revelation that's that's been given to us. Which is right away.
0: I mean, here in this yeah, right. very first section, section one mm-hmm. is here's God revealing himself to us in all these ways, and as he said, in creation, in the human person, in reason, and then revelation.
1: And then what say you? We exactly. <laughs> What's our response? Yeah. Right. And the response is, is a beautiful thing. Um, and this is an important point. God revealed himself in words and deeds. Everybody can agree on that. I don't mm. care what background. You can agree that God revealed himself in words and deeds. And so the response to that revelation is in kind, in words and deeds. Words alone are not enough. Right. It right. has to be words and and deeds. Not everyone
0: who says to me, "Lord, Lord," entered the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. But only those who do the will of my Father in heaven.
1: Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of fun. You mentioned it. It's it's interesting. I think is that God kind of laid it on the table at the beginning. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to share a lot with you, but I want you to know. I want something back here. Your critical. I want your heart. I want your yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so so that that's what we're learning in this first uh, in this first pillar. What we believe is we are learning about this revelation, prepared to respond to God, and the the name for that that the church gives us is the obedience of faith, right? Which comes from uh, first chapter of Romans, right? Same the obedience letter. of faith. Obedience of faith. Yeah. yeah, and just to unpack that a little bit because. This will be important for Pillars 2, 3, and 4 as well. When we talk about the obedience of faith, we're not talking about the obedience of believism. Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, believism is... I believe.
0: I believe. You got kind of like grit your teeth. And I really like, believe. Yeah, yeah.
1: Can't you see how much you're? Oh, <laughs> I, I believe. Can, in your face. They should. Yeah, Jeff really has faith. <laughs> no, we're not talking about uh, the power of believism. We're talking about faith. And when you look at faith from a, a Hebraic perspective, that is the Hebrew perspective and the Greek. You've got emunah in Hebrew, pistis in Greek. This concept of faith is not mere believism, but as Pope Benedict brings out so well, it is divided into two movements. The first is intellectual assent. I believe it. Yeah, it's true. I believe it. So as you're reading for the next 362 days, (laughs) people are going to listen to it, and they're going to have to make a decision. Do I believe it? Right. Do I believe that? Okay. Okay. Check. I'm going to send Father a, an email. I believe it. That's not. To, that's part of it. You make intellectual assent. Check. The second part is a personal entrusting Again, of yourself entrusting. to that truth. And so, for example, if you believe that that the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Mother of God, is an intercessor and an advocate given to you, you believe that. Yay, entrust yourself, right? At start, start, start praying, start asking her to intercede for you and pray for you if you truly believe it, you know? And so I love this because uh, faith without works is dead and we have to respond by saying, yes, I believe it, Lord, but now I'm gonna entrust myself to you. That's what biblical faith is. Right. It will always be that. And so, then, when you move into the actual creed in the first pillar, you're going to have uh, you're going to have material that is, if you go to church, it's very familiar, right? Because i mean familiar, <laughs> you know, because that whole section is based off of the Apostles' Creed, exactly. Yeah, hopefully, we all know. Right. But you know what's really interesting is you go to Mass, and, and when you hear the Apostles' Creed in Mass, everybody, they read it together collectively because that's easy. But if you had to do it on your own, that's more difficult. Yep, I have to read it. Yeah, and it's, and it's, we, you know, I believe, we believe. I remember, I, it was a funny thing that happened a few years ago. And this, this tells you how much we are together in the body of Christ, but it has to be brought down to the personal level I believe, yeah. you know, I do believe. I was at, uh, I was with uh, Father Mitch Paco once mm-hmm. and uh, he invited me over. I said, I said, are you going to say mass this morning? He said, yeah. So I said, can I come? And he said, yeah. And I thought it was going to be like 30 other people. And of course, with 30 other people, we can all do the heavy lifting together right, right. with response. You I know, know the lines every time. Exactly. I know my lyrics. And I got over there. I was the only one. Yeah. And I realized I didn't know mass the way I <laughs> thought I knew
0: mass. The first time I ever went to mass when I was the only, Person in the congregation, quote unquote. How is? Oh my gosh! What do I say? Uh, the Lord be
1: with you. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time, but that's the way it is here. Is that the creed is something that we all recite in the mass? We believe, and you can, you know, you can look at this, you know, in the in the beginning of the catechism, the very beginning. You can see the creed is broken down so well in the in the catechism on page Roman numeral 10, is I believe in God the Father, and then I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, and then uh, third, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so you've got you got the creed broken down into these three areas and then all of the subpoints of right. what we believe. And what's funny is we go to mass and we just sort of recite it, you know, and uh, <laughs> I believe in God, the father almighty creator, you know, minds wandering. Yeah. Like, you're looking at all, all the words. Yeah. And, and someone says, "Well, do you believe it? Yeah. I said it, didn't I? I mean, yeah, of course. Check. Right. And it's like uh, the first year they get all excited about God. You listen to the creed. I believe that five years later. I believe that. <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah, I believe that. 20 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> still here. <laughs> and that's not what it's for. Right, yeah. It's not a checklist to see if you're still in the camp. The reason that we recite the creed is because it's what we not only believe intellectually, but it's what we're entrusting our yeah. life to. And if you entrust your life to that, every part of that creed, you're going to live differently. Yeah, that makes so much. I mean, because
0: like you said, here's in words and in deeds that God reveals himself and we respond in words and in deeds. Um, I had a friend who once who, who said um, when it came to the creed, sometimes that's what we believe, it's describing what we believe. And he said, sometimes I just, I, I say the creed um, and what I think is, no, this is in whom I believe or this is in whom I trust. This is the one, I'm describing the one who I trust as I'm describing the one that I believe in, that I have surrendered my life to. Mm-hmm. And that would be... I, I look because it makes it it's not just again these are the this is the data that i say is true right but it's here is the one in whom i have this relationship that i yeah. again used to entrusting i think that's yeah. so, so vital.
1: Well, i heard a great analogy from one of our friends i'll make it quick he he was a great analogy he talked about the i think it was the walenda brothers you know we're gonna yeah. walk across the night. great oh the great blondini yeah is that what it was yeah and yeah. some
0: people say blondine but I, the first time I ever read it was the Blondini. I'll go with you about Niagara
1: Falls. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that, you know that story. Yeah, I love it because it's he goes across. You know, it's very dramatic. Yeah, you know, going tightrope across Niagara tight Falls, rope, and gets on the other side. Someone yells out, "Do it again!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do it again. Go back the other way. You know, and and I think from what I understand of the story, you might correct me, is that he he says do you, "Think I can do it again?" To the crowd, and right. they're going, "Yes, we believe." You think I can do it again, pushing a wheelbarrow? (laughs) Yes, we believe. You think I can do it, pushing a wheelbarrow? Blindfolded. Yes. (laughs) You think I can put a human being in the wheelbarrow? And they're going, yes, yes. And he says, I need a volunteer. Nobody believed. Crickets. Nobody believed. Nobody believed. Yeah. And that's the way it is with our faith. You know, we can stand up and say, I believe all these things, but... Do you entrust yourself? And it's the entrusting Mm. of yourself that is going to make the biggest difference in your life. You can go through the whole catechism in a year and agree to everything you're going to be reading, everything. Yeah. But unless you entrust yourself to God, Mm. your life will not look different.
0: Yeah. This is uh, not about just more information, or not information transfer, about transformation. Exactly. That that sense of like, yeah. uh, Whenever we start RCIA. Uh, becoming Catholic or learning more about the Catholic church. It's like, we don't just want to pass on data. It's about conversion of heart. It's actually about not just getting to know the one who has created and redeemed us, um, but also having been drawn more deeply into a relationship with him.
1: Yeah. yeah not so, information transformation. Yeah. And that's that's what people need to keep, keep focused on as they as they go through it. And there's going to be some things that they hear about where they're going to say, Man, I just don't understand quite. You know, all right, it's okay. You yeah. Know, make a note of it. You can get back to it, but take as much as you possibly can in and and everything that you learn, ask yourself how you can entrust yourself. You know, going back just a little bit about this this revelation in, in scripture, yeah. there's a whole section in this first pillar about the nature of, of scripture, um, how we go about. Studying scripture, how we approach interpreting scripture, and this should give people a real sense of uh, joy and Mm -hmm. certitude to know that, you know, a lot of people are. I'm afraid of that. I don't know if I'm going to mess it up. I know I'll mess up the Bible, and and what God is saying is, no, come on in, right? Come on in. I'll I'll give you some hints on how to how to do this. And so, very early on in the catechism, in uh, in paragraphs, I think it's one twelve. In paragraph uh, 112, 113, and 114, uh, the church teaches us three things that will ensure that, that you're not going to miss the mark in your study. For example, to be uh, especially attentive to the content and unity of the whole scripture. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you're studying 2 Timothy, make sure that you're taking into consideration the Gospel of Mark. Right. You're in Exodus, even Leviticus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so the content and unity of this divine revelation is very important. You don't want to
0: take a text out of context. That's it's read in the context for anything <laughs> <laughs> for a problem, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, paragraph 113 read the scripture within the living tradition of the whole church. Well, why should I do that? You know, is the Bible the Bible or not? But the truth is, the Bible comes from it's a tradition that comes from the church and the church as you and I have talked about before, the church is the Pillar in support of truth, and it's the church that said, That's the inspired word of God. And St. Augustine said, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know that this was the word of God unless the church and told had me. told me. Yeah. So it's important to stay within the tradition, the full tradition, that is, sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And then the third is to be attentive to the analogy of faith, or that is the, the coherence of. Of the truths of faith among themselves and within the whole plan of revelation, so it it gives us some simple guidelines there on you know what what to what to uh, you know I think you said it before you know it's like a it's like a, a big uh, sandbox or something and and it gives you the corners right to right. stay and and stay there you'll but, be fine
0: but, but inside you can you can play around you can dive deep you can you can uh, even use your imagination yeah in many ways yeah uh, that sense of being able to say maybe what about this but you round up against the wall like okay i guess that's as far as we go yeah, you know, yeah the church has said that's off off base and yeah it's so good to be able to have all those three when we read scripture Yeah, and even
1: as we move forward this year with catechism and it even gives you the recipe here like in paragraphs um uh, 116 117 118 um, it gives you the uh, the recipe here on how to in a sense squeeze all the juice out of the right out of the orange you know and get as much out of the word of god as you possibly can by instructing us to first of all look at the literal sense that's not a big complicated thing that just means what what was the intention of the ha- author and then then we get to look at what people really like to do and that's the spiritual sense yeah. and that's in three in three different ways that's the allegorical sense, and this is big words, yeah. but write them down. <laughs> the allegorical sense means how does this relate to Christ? Moral sense, how does it relate to me and my life and conduct? Anagogical sense, how does it relate to the to the future? So you can see here that the church is is giving us some very simple instruction on going after this revelation and trying to understand it. Uh, for ourselves. And then it talks about the relationship between the old and the new and typology. And uh, it just really equips you to, to to dig
0: in. Which is fascinating, that recognition of typology, right? So uh, that in the Old Testament, there are types or foreshadows of what Jesus fulfills in the New Testament or in the New Covenant. And um, how not all Christians know about that. Not all no. Christians know that, that the, again, the scripture is a unified whole and that it's a story. The, how's the line that um the old testament is revealed in the new and the new testament is hidden in the old mm-hmm. and that sense of like yeah there's this connection that is so powerful when we when we know that that connection exists which is amazing
1: yeah yeah i love
0: it um but also i think that there'd be something worthwhile noting that um in in looking at this mm-hmm. like especially the creed that some of the ways and on the back of the the catechism at a glance you know the uh Catechism timeline. There actually is a timeline on the back of this. I know. I love it. Um, and, and 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 some of the. I'm uh, wired that way. <laughs> you like the timelines. I wonder where we got that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this piece not only of how here is scripture coming to oh, us, yeah. but also these professions of faith and these church councils. It's not every church council, but kind of some of some of the significant ones. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of what we say is true comes out of, you know, maybe wrestling with error. Yeah, like that that there were heresies that came up that were like maybe that's true. I mean, even like the Council of Nicaea right in 325 I mentioned, we all know, of course we know Jesus is fully God and fully man. But that was formulated because some people were saying no, that's not the case. And so a lot of what we believe as true in the creed in all these in all of these uh you know, uh, church councils comes out of what, was it error would that be or heresy I guess for lack of a better term
1: uh-huh. that'd be accurate oh yeah absolutely most of the most of the councils Vatican II is a little different but right. most of the councils were actually trying to settle a problem uh like you know for example in the Council of Ephesus when they declared that Mary is the Theotokos she is the mother of God and um and that that argument was actually over the divinity of Jesus right it's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they said, No, Mary is the mother of God. Jesus is is God. From the moment it, of his conception. Yes. He is yeah, yeah, Jesus. fully God and fully man. Fully God, fully man. We call that the big word now, hypostatic union, yep. <laughs> which means, and this is important, you know, these things are important and they do have ramifications, yeah. you know, results. Uh, Jesus isn't two people, he's one person, one person. two natures, human and divine. And in the Council of Constantinople, he even said he had two wills, a human and a divine right. will, which never were parted from one
0: another. And, and, to, and to realize that that that's not ex, explicated in Scripture, right? That's not necessarily um, like given to us as the data of Scripture, but we have the data of, wait a second, here is Jesus who is conforming his will to the Father's will. Here is Jesus who at the same time experiences um, this... I don't want to say temptation necessarily, but he was tempted in the sure. wilderness. He was tempted in, in every way that in, we are in, in without exact, sin. Without sin. And, um, and so the church has been able to say, wait a second, if that is the case, and it is the case, then he would have not only a human nature and a divine nature, but a human will mm-hmm. and a divine will. Yes. And and just like, wow, I yeah. never thought of that. I would never even thought to ask the question. <laughs> but
1: but I'm, I'm glad someone did. Well, somebody did before. Do you know, one, one page in here, and, and I would just encourage... Um, your listeners, to, to look at this. It's page 735. I oh, yeah. love yeah. that page because it gives... It says, it's a timeline of ecclesiastical writers. The following writers and authors arranged here by date are cited in the catechism, and it goes from the second century, and it goes through a list of every century the main ecclesiastical writers and where in the catechism they're cited. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically... It's basically like going to the beginning of the history of baseball and saying in 1864, you know, and then it comes all the way up to the present with the stars. yeah. And that's what's happening here. So it's a, it's a visual of the continuity of the faith from the beginning all the way till now. Yeah, That blows my mind to just, I can just meditate on that page, you know, and say, wow. Yeah, this is part of the living this is character
0: of tradition.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I'll tell you another. uh, We could go on about so many different things, but I can tell you another part that I really, really like in the first, uh, in the first pillar, the creed, is paragraph seven eighty-seven. In seven eighty-seven, it says that. From the beginning, and this is under the, the the title "The Church, the Body of Christ," and I love this because in the creed we make certain statements about the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe in this this uh, this uh, Holy Catholic Church. The church is a communion with Jesus, and I love this paragraph. It says, "From the beginning, Jesus associated his disciples with his own life." revealed the mystery of the kingdom to them and gave them a share in his mission, joy, and sufferings. That line, Father, right there in 787, that line should open up in people's minds and hearts an an incredible world of opportunity to know that Jesus is, is sharing everything with us, And so you can look at his work and his mission one of two ways. You can say, well, he's the son of God. He's the king of kings. He is the physician. He's the counselor. He's the healer. He's the one that suffered for the sins of the world. He's the one that died for the sins of the world. He's the one that rose from the dead. So what's my job? Well, I can either say, well, I'm just a beneficiary of all that. Receive it all. Receive it. Or, wait a minute, he shared everything with me. Mm -hmm. His mission, his joy, uh uh-oh, and his Sufferings, yeah. you know. And so I love this because if for Jesus to share himself with the church, with us in this first pillar, means it means Satan was wrong in the Garden of Eden when he lied to Adam and Eve mm-hmm. about God withholding. God is not withholding anything from us. In fact, he's not withholding anything. He is, in fact, sharing everything with us. And not, not only do we get the divine revelation, we get the divine invitation to share in the divine life and the blessing yeah. of God. So this is big stake stuff. It is.
0: <laughs> and that it, and it, it's one of those things where I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, as you're highlighting this in paragraph 787, I can't recommend enough having a catechism to follow along. Like oh, there, yeah. there is, uh, sometimes you can, one of the things that I found is when doing the Bible in a year, um, because you based it, we based it on the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, which has that we're following the story. We're never going to lose the story or leave mm-hmm. the story. Um, so, you know, you press play the next day and it's, oh yeah, we're still with, you know, even if we're with the prophets, we're still with Baruch. Great, no problem. I got introduced to him yesterday and it's carrying on where we left off. But sometimes with the catechism, it's here we are on a new article. And for me, if I'm not prepared, if I don't see it in front of me, like what, what are we going to talk about today? I don't know yet. And so it's, it's, It's going to be, I think people are going to find that it's going to be a little bit of a challenge that way that Uh we don't necessarily, yes, this is our invitation into, into the story, into God's life. But I think what can really, really help people is if they get any catechism, but this, you know, obviously I love the Ascension edition, um, because then you get to look at it and say, okay, I see here we're on, we are on day whatever. And the section is, oh, God is truth and God is love. Okay. Now I'm prepared go ahead and read it to me. You know, there's something about that that Mm -hmm. um, I think it roots it more deeply in my mind and in my heart when I have some kind of frame of reference
1: that I can also kind of see, I guess. Yeah, and I think adding to that, which is great, Is that first paragraph? Yeah. Is if you open with that, almost you know, once a week at least, go back and open with it, and keep in mind that everything I'm reading back here in paragraph thirteen eighty four, in paragraph eighteen fifteen, in paragraph twenty two eighty five, in paragraph twenty seven oh five, all of it is for the aim of sharing in the life of the Trinity. Yeah. Now and for. Ever, It's what we're destined for. We're destined to live in the life of the Trinity, and this is the playbook. This is a map that will guide you in a, in a more sure way than I promise you any book. You can buy on Amazon oh, yeah, or anywhere. This is the book that will give you really the trail guide of, how do I do this? I, I want to share in the life of God. I want to be with God forever and ever and ever. Okay, well, if you really do, guess what? We got two books for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We got we got the divine revelation, and we've got uh, the continuation and the uh, synopsis of, of the great riches and the inheritance that we have. And And so when you hold the catechism in your hand, you might as well. Someone says, "What are you reading there?" You might as well say, "It's my inheritance." <laughs> right? Is right. my inheritance?
0: You well, know, mm. you know. You yesterday, people. So the very first day, we heard that paragraph one. Yeah. that you mentioned in that plan of your goodness. Um, yesterday, we concluded the day by listen, by reading paragraph twenty-five, and in the conclusion of the the uh, the prologue is is this from the Roman Catechism, which is so incredible. I love this. The whole concern of doctrine and its teaching. Must be directed to the love that never ends. So, this whole thing we're going to do, doctrine, and teaching, whether something is proposed for belief, for hope, or for action, the love of our Lord must always be made accessible so that anyone can see that all the works of perfect, perfect Christian virtue spring from love and have no other objective than to arrive at love, which is just like, okay. So, this is the context that we're given. Yeah. The very first paragraph of the plan of your goodness, your God in His love. And then this, it's all meant to lead us to love. And
1: listen to the way the first pillar ends. If you want to take the first verse or first paragraph, I used to always call them verses because yeah. I'm so <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> the first paragraph, but listen to the last paragraph in the in brief section. And that's something you know I want to bring out to our, yeah. our listeners is that every section has a little area that is highlighted called in brief, it's like cliff notes. Right. Now, just, don't just go to those. <laughs> Here's the bullet points. But that's really what, you know, kind of the heart of it. But listen to what paragraph 1060 says. And this is at the end of uh, pillar one. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. Then the just will reign with Christ forever, glorified in body and soul, and the material universe itself will be transformed. God will then be all in all in eternal life. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for that, you know? So, uh, good news at the beginning, good news
0: at the end. Yeah. It's so good. And we get, and we, the thing is if we're willing to kind of stick with this again, it's day three and we're just getting started. Um, but if we're willing to say, okay, I know God, you're going to give me these crumbs. I think when I say crumbs, I mean, you're going to keep leading me. You're going to, and again, not every day is going to blow my socks off some days. I'm like, okay, well, there we go. (laughs) Day 12, we're checking off the box. But I, I, I'm convinced that it's one of those things, like like the Bible, where if we keep pressing play, we miss a day, miss mm-hmm. a week, to so keep pressing play, that God has something to say to us every single time we show up. And so to kind of as in conclusion, one last thing, just another question <laughs> for someone, you've been teaching scripture, you've been teaching the catechism for so long. Um, what's one last thing you'd want to just offer the people as they're gonna go on this? You know, the journey of the creed, this first pillar is the longest.
1: It's the, it's the longest journey it we does. have. Um, What's one last word for them as they get started? on this? Sure, I, th- I think what I would share with your father is uh, is what Cardinal Ratzinger, then Pope Pe- became Pope Benedict, you know, had had to share, and that was that uh, there's a reason that the the creed is first. Yeah, and the reason you know you could have put it second or third or whatever, but it was first because pillar two, three, and four all spring, spring, spring from this from this amazing this amazing story of salvation history and what we believe. So the second pillar springs from what we believe. The third pillar, the second is sacraments and liturgy. The the third pillar is the moral law, life in Christ, that springs from what we believe, and prayer springs from what we believe. So consider this first pillar as an anchor. Mm. And, uh, And the last thing I would say is that when you go to Mass, when you go to Mass and you recite the creed, Make sure it's not just column one that you agree. Yeah, yeah. But say to the Lord, "Help me, help me to entrust
0: myself, trust myself." Yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much. Yeah, so so fun, so grateful. And I I know that for everyone who's going to be joining us, everyone's going to be walking with us. um, Again, there can be the tendency to be discouraged and the tendency to say, "What is this? What's happening? What's happening?" Is I just think sometimes you know, there's a there was a, a early church father who described the action of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power, like Pentecost, just bam, there it is, you know, tongues of fire. And sometimes he said, the Holy Spirit comes upon us like a gentle dew. And it just like sinks, seeps into the ground. And it's just like, hey, the earth gets watered one way or the other. If it's you know, a huge storm with all this rain pelting the earth, or if it's just a gentle dew, Mm -hmm. it gets absorbed into the earth. And so I'd say that some days, some days are gonna be like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Penetrated, and some days it's just like, okay, that was good, mm-hmm. and it's just that do. Yeah, and I think that if we just show up, keep listening, keep pressing play, keep um, just being faithful,
1: we yeah. know that the Lord Himself is faithful. He's going to do something through this. And I would encourage, um, I also would encourage our listeners to pray for you because, um, and thank you for what you are doing. You know, we don't know why God chose yeah. us to do what yeah, we're I doing, <laughs> but kind of like Esther, for such a time as this, you know, right. you're the one that you're doing it, and uh, and we need to pray for you. Pray for you in your voice. (laughs) You eat right, you sleep right, (laughs) but pray for protection uh, with you because God's using you in a very unusual way, but a beautiful way. And uh, uh, we stand with you. We're not just listening to you; we stand with you together. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Thanks a lot. That means a lot. Um, So, yeah, please let's pray for each other. Um, Jeff said, "Please pray for me." (laughs) I am praying for you. (laughs) My name is Father Mike, and I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.